Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Sunday show on Man on the Post. Uh, my name's Chris, and joining me this week, I've actually got two guests. Unfortunately, our Man United fan still hasn't found his way out of the Old Trafford car park. Um, but as always, I've got with me, I've got Dave. Hello, hello, hello. All right. I'm good, Dave. Yourself? Uh, I, if you ignore our result, but otherwise, I'm fine. Excellent, excellent. And finally joining us is Ali. Yes, it's um, long overdue. It is indeed. Glad you could make it this this week. Uh, even going as far to smash up your own car to get here. Yeah, and uh, it del- deliberately after that result, because I know Adam will enjoy listening in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so yeah, uh, Premier League again returns. Um, cra- a decent weekend, I'd, I'd go as far to say. Um, looking at some of the fixtures, when me and Dave were looking at them last week, we were a bit like, mm, it's going to be one of them weekends. Um, but obviously Sunday's games it was all the derby games set up uh, but but a decent weekend in the Premier League got uh, started off with Cardiff versus Wolves on Friday night hmm. mm. uh, Cardiff, uh, Cardiff coming away 2-1 winners here in what will be seen as an upset I suppose I quite enjoyed this match I don't, I don't know if either you put yourself through it but uh, it was blood and thunder it was, it was decent enough mm-hmm. yeah it, Not- it, it was a pretty good game not an awful lot of quality, like you'd expect, but it was it was watchable. Mm-hmm. Ali, did you watch it? I I, see, I seen most of it. Um, I, w- I was working at the time, so I kind of had it like on on my phone at the time. Um, uh, yeah, it was it was kind of what you expect from both teams. Um, Wolves have thoroughly disappointed me um, after such high hopes at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're either really disappointing me or really unlucky. I'm not quite sure which one, but. Yeah, you know, you know what you're getting from Cardiff, and, and whether you like it or not, you kind of got to respect it. Mm-hmm. Mm. It it does seem to be working for them at the moment. That you know that they've got a decent run of form. I think it's three wins in four or something. Um, yeah, doing pretty well. They they were fairly physical, as as as, as you'd expect from a Neil Warnock <laughs> team. Uh, there was um, oh hello special guest. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> it's all right. Um, there was there was calls for a foul in their equaliser with. Um, uh, Pat, the big man Patterson just literally getting in the way, um, but yeah, Wolves, it, was, oh, it, was ne- it was never never a foul by no, the way. No, not at all. I, I didn't think it was to be fair. Um, but Wolves now six six games without a win, five defeats in that run. Are the wheels coming off? Well, they're well and truly off. They're, um, we talked last week about how they've got a bit of a I don't know if you want to call it a soft centre, but they've got a lot of uh, imports who probably aren't used to the physicality of the Premier League and. Now it's getting into the the hard grind of winter. Um, they're, they're really struggling, and yeah. they, they just look really impotent up front. Like mm-hmm. uh, we've talked about Traore and his pace, but when he's thirty yards ahead of everybody else, because you know the, uh, no, no one in the world is as quick as him, pretty much. It's uh, he's ploughing alone for up there, really. So yeah. it's uh, 
It's tough. It's um, you know they've got Chelsea I think in the week, so yeah, be surprised Chelsea if they won't. And then they've got a visit up north next weekend. So, well, there's three points. For, I'm sorry. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, say so Troy, the human Batman started. I expected them to come out and attack Cardiff as, the, as they have done most of their opposition this season, um, and they really didn't. Uh, Doherty or Doherty, however you want to pronounce it. Um, when I because I, I missed bits of the game. When I saw that he scored, I thought, oh, maybe he's finally smashed in one of those chances that he keeps getting <laughs> on the edge of the area. It was a tap-in. Um, uh, yeah, Gunnarsson um, acrobatically scoring for, after a bit of bad defending. But Junior Hoylet's goal was a bit of quality, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, I was immediately checking the calendar to see what year it was when that went in, because that hasn't <laughs> happened from five years or something. So. Yeah, I think it was 2012 was the last time he scored in the Premier League. Some goal, though. fair yeah. play. Yeah, a good game. I say, um, Cardiff showed a lot of character. You know, they've been behind a few times this season and come back on one points. Um, but yeah, do Wolves need some steel? We've, we've spoken about them a few times. Like, obviously, they're going to invest in January, uh, and you know, we've been talking about them needing a striker. Um, one of their targets we'll come on to later on. Um, but they, they look like they need a bit, a bit of steel in midfield. They've got two creative midfielders in Neves and Moutinho. But I think they they they, they remind they reminded me a lot now as an Arsenal fan of Arsenal at times. Mm. They're great going forward, but a slightly bit of physicality and they fall to pieces. The thing is, as well, it's all well, well playing that way, but they're not, they're not good enough. They're front three. Um, they've all done it in patches, but obviously Jimenez doesn't look like an out-and-out goal scorer. He's quite good at holding the ball up but mm-hmm. um, Traore very quick but as I say not loads of end product and Costa and Jota or whoever else they put in there Cavalero I think started on Friday none of them look either on their, on form or just below what's required at this level so it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's the result is what you're seeing now Yeah I, I, I still don't think they'll go down um, I'm starting to think Cardiff might make a fight of it They've had a good run of games um, where, the, as you say, they've beaten teams who you know, you'd never expect Cardiff to win, but teams who they're capable of competing with. Um, but there's always a team like that. Um, I mean, we look at Stoke when they first came up; they were very similar to Cardiff in terms of the players they had and the quality they had, mm-hmm. and they were comfortable. They, they, I don't think they were ever really in danger of going down. So it, you know, it can be successful. Yeah, um, it just depends on on what the other teams are like with dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that brings that brings us on to Saturday's games then. So December has officially started, and so the mad season of Premier League games uh, starts now. This so is midweek games now are coming thick and fast. Uh, f- first up on Saturday, really, Man City against Bournemouth. It's just a Man City loving again, isn't it? They just they look great. They did, but they struggled for mm-hmm. a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bournemouth, you know, did did as well as anybody has against them. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Bour- Bournemouth uh, dropped David Brooks. Onto the bench, which was strange, um, but they say they definitely had some chances. They did, and obviously they were level at half time, which not many teams have managed to do at the Etihad. Um, I mean, Newcastle did, but we'll ignore that. Um, but Bournemouth, uh, the ninth, uh, they've obviously hit a bit of block at the minute in recent weeks, so they've had a tough run of games, but um, they've not been disgraced in any of those games. They'll be absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you say, it's all about Man City, really, the way they play. They could leave out Silva, Aguero, um, various defenders who they rotated. Yep. 
and they didn't look massively worse off it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely rotated their squad. Um, it was good, a good game from this, from my point of view, to see two Englishmen who, who were bang on form. Raheem Sterling looks like the best player in the league at the moment. I was about to ask you about that because Jimmy and Genus made this claim on match of the day that he was the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing you agree with that from what you just said. To be fair, the way he's playing, he's, he's scoring <laughs> goals, which was his, his one criticism for me. He's al- he always gets himself into great positions, but his finishing has been terrible. Uh, even <coughs> when he was at Liverpool. Um, but he seems to have improved that. He seems to be working hard. And that run he had when he hit the post on Saturday was fantastic. And obviously he scored as well. Yeah, I mean, what annoys us about him is when he plays for Man City, he scores pretty much every week. And you put him in an England shirt and he's nowhere near as good. And obviously the two teams play in totally different styles. And mm-hmm. a lot of his Man City goals are tap-ins on the far post. But yeah. uh, it's hard not to feel annoyed that he's not as prolific for England as he is for his club. Um, That's that an argument you could make at a lot of players. Yeah, well, like I say, it's, it's really comparing apples with oranges and they're not the same team as different players many other arguments you could make but um, he's in the absolute form of his life isn't he the last couple mm-hmm. of seasons he, uh, the, the improvement from Pep has been unreal really with a lot of players but Sterling particularly yeah. I say the other Englishman on form was Callum Wilson uh, playing, scored again uh, playing really really well looks dangerous uh, what, what I'm worried about with Bournemouth is if, if a big club come in for him I know we've spoken about this a few weeks ago where we're like you know Unless someone comes in for him, like an Everton or something, um, he's exactly what a club like Everton would need, I suppose. Um, can Bournemouth keep hold of him though when he's in this good form? Well, that's the big question. I mean, we, I know we talk about this, asking where he would go. Um, you'd have to say Everton probably the the most likely, given they need a forward. Um, but I mean, what's the going rate for an English forward who's in form, fairly young? We're talking upwards of forty million, I would think. Yeah, that's the thing. Because the only other club I can think of who likely to splash the cash is Wolves, but I don't see him leaving Bournemouth for Wolves. No, that, definitely not. He's not Portuguese enough for Wolves. <laughs> the, the thing with the thing with Wilson is like Bournemouth plays such good football that suit him. Mm. Like, where is he going to go? That's really an upgrade to him. Yeah. Like I don't see Everton as an upgrade, and as like you just mentioned for the going rate. How much they spent on Richarlison, they've kind of set the bar for themselves as well. So I think they've kind of priced themselves, unless they're going to go OTT, but again, I don't see it as a massive upgrade for him. Mm-hmm. Same with Wills, might get higher wages just because they're willing to pay the money with the investment they have, but none of the clubs that you really should be looking at going to are really going to buy him. I think probably a lot of the clubs are maybe a bit too snobby ish that they won't look at a player like Callum Wilson. Yeah. Uh, so- maybe Man United. Possibly, oh, they could do. Yeah. They could do a lot worse. But the problem, as you say, is everywhere he goes, he's gonna want to play regularly. Yeah, uh, he should do. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah, so he's had, he's got that England cap now. He, he's not gonna want to take a risk and, and and not play now. I'd imagine. And um, we might as well move on to Man United. Unless Ali, you've got anything to add about the Man City game? Just like I think you covered that pretty well. I mean, they're just they're such a joy to watch. I mean, yesterday was quite a a laboured performance for them, and they still cruised mm-hmm. to a three 0 win. The one thing I will say about Man City and and Bournemouth, Bournemouth, and like, obviously the the Champions League midweek kind of showed the best way to go about beating Man City, unless you can defend for ninety minutes and get a counter attack, 
is to actually attack them because they're yep. not that great defensively, mm-hmm. um, but so good going forward because they're not even counter attacking. A lot of their goals are so similar. Um, and and I, just to point out, Sterling Sterling's easily the best player in the league just now. Um, just such a oh, so frustrating that we don't have him anymore. But just watching his development week in week out, it's it's nice to see because just he is such a genuinely humble guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we mentioned Callum Wilson going to, potentially going to Man United there. But after watching that Man United game on on Saturday, would you want to go there? Uh, a two-two draw with Southampton. Bearing in mind, it's a Southampton team that struggles to score goals, struggles to win games, and played the youth a lot of their youth players. <laughs> for, tw- oh. for 20 minutes they made Man United look terrible <laughs> oh, I think Jose Mourinho's done that for about a thousand minutes this season <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's hard not to smile talking about how bad United are um, but you, you do have to think another manager comes in and Man United are a completely different outfit because yeah, the, the, the players are there yeah, we've seen it at Chelsea. He he has this effect on dressing rooms where something happens and the players just don't want to perform. He goes and the same players go on and win the league. Yeah, so let's give him a new contract. Yeah, brilliant. That's what we're all agreeing with, yeah? <laughs> it is quite funny, I suppose. I mean, having having had years of being battered by Man United, it's uh, nice to see them marooned in seventh. But uh, really, from a, from a neutral point of view... It's. I mean, yesterday, I mean, do you blame Mourinho for that? Like, Pogba pissing about in the middle of the park, not being able to control a football, pass a football. Like, that's not. It's not Mourinho's fault, particularly. Mm. Well, that's the thing. They, they 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 definitely weren't at the races. Like Rashford was awful in the first thirty minutes, and then he sets up both of the goals. <laughs> I mean, in the you know in the first couple of minutes, or it was certainly the first highlight match of the day. Uh, McCarthy, the Southampton keeper, miskicks the ball. Mm-hmm. And it's going out for a corner. And Rashford sort of like ambles over to it and sort of apologetically back heels it back in the box. Yeah. Like, what was that? What, what was that about? Like, yeah. it just seemed like he was just playing with his mates. It just seemed very uh, half-hearted. You know, and I say Romelu Lukaku. You know, I'm not anyone to call any any man fat, but that man's got must have his own <laughs> gravitational system at the moment. I'm, I know he's not fat. I know it's just how it look on the table. But he's he's bigger than the average footballer all of a sudden. And I don't remember him being that big. He makes Eric Dyer look slim. Like and talk about that. Eric Dyer's just popped up on my TV. Have you have you not seen the picture going around from when he signed for Man United yeah. to to the one from like this week? There, there must be and and as you say, it's not fat. It will be a lot of muscle, you know, in the gym constantly. But there, there must be about two three stone difference. Comfortably, oh, yeah. Um, you know when he was fast and he was, he was that burst of pace that he had. Even like his West Brom days, you know when he was on loan, he was a striker that everyone wanted. But now he's he's genuinely turned into like the Dean Windass of the world. You know, yeah. just the big target man who who can't hold up the ball, who falls over every time he runs towards it. He's he's actually become a borderline disgrace. Um, like Wayne Rooney was always obviously bigger. Bigger belt, a bit of a timber about him, but he never stopped running. Mm-hmm. Even in his, any the end of his Man United days, when he, when people say he became lazier, you know, he, he still just would chase everything down. The touch never left him. Um, but for me, Lukaku's really got. I mean, this is one you can't blame Mourinho on. I mean, he took him out the, the team justifiably so. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just become an embarrassment. Yeah, he, he looks very. He just lumbers around. 
you know, and I don't know what it is like. He, he's he's not had a good a good uh, season, to be fair. I think uh, his goal on yesterday was his first goal in thirteen. Um, but he got the back in. Mourinho backed him at the beginning of the season. He was like, Lukaku is my man. You know, to the to the point where Martial and you could argue Rashford at a point were pretty much ostracised. And he's just not repaying him with the performances. But then, obviously, Martial's having a great season since then. And and Rashford. The thing about Rashford that annoys me, he's like your park footballer. He's the kid in the playground who's the best player on the pitch, but has no football brain. And that's how mm. Rashford is sometimes. Like he he was throwing himself into tackles yesterday. If he'd if he'd have been a midfielder, he'd have been probably been sent off. But I know sometimes strikers get that little bit of leniency from referees because you know they're not known for their tackling. But how long can Pogba stay in this team? I mean, to me, he's the problem. But unfortunately, there's no. Uh... There's no obvious replacement. Mm-hmm. You know, Fred McTominay, um, this Pereira kid they've got. I mean, they might all be decent footballers, but Pogba's your kind of your, your X factor, isn't he? And mm-hmm. uh, you take him out, what do you do? Mm-hmm. It's not for Laney, that's for certain. Well, that's it. So Man United down to the bare bones as well, because they only started one centre back yesterday. Uh, Ander Herrera was filling in at times. Um, you know, when you want when you one fit defender is Phil Jones. You, you kind of know you're in trouble, don't they? But all credit to Southampton. I know we're, we're talking a lot about Man United at the moment. Uh, Stuart Armstrong scored again. Um, Cedric with a cracking free kick. Um, United, the United defence, we've, we've seen it so many times. They're just static. But Southampton looked really, really good. And they probably should have had a penalty. I mean, Southampton have struggled for goals for a long time really um, did I hear they've won once at St Mary's in the last 12 months is that right yeah something like that they've got a terrible record I mean that's obviously bad um, Ings being out I didn't think would help but the, this Oberfemi kid that played um, it's always nice to see youth, youth prospects being given given a chance mm-hmm. and so them famously obviously produce a lot of players who get poached by Liverpool traditionally <laughs> cheers <laughs> for that <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's been no evidence of that for a season a bit now really there's been no one really coming through who you thought well he'll be the next one off but uh, maybe they've decided now is the time things can't get much worse really in his performances so he can't blood some youngsters now when can you yeah that's it I say Lamina actually looked pretty good in the game as well uh, showed signs of being the, the, the midfielder he was when he was at Juventus he, he was alright when he was there um, you know he, he grabbed that game by the scruff of the neck from what I saw um, so Southampton have had two good performances in a row uh, I imagine they'll take some heart from this performance and maybe kick on from it well we talked last week about their fixtures coming up mm-hmm. every game is either against a Champions League chasing team or a fellow relegation candidate which is uh, it could be a blessing it could be a curse for example, you know, Spurs away on Wednesday, you wouldn't expect them to win that. Yeah. Part of away at the weekend, then Arsenal the week after. So it's, it's, you know, it's it's tough. It's uh, it's not going to get any easier for them down there. So it's really put up a shut-up time for Mark Hughes. Yeah, and, and to be fair, I think it's going to be the same for Mourinho. I think if they'd have lost yesterday, the board would have had a big decision to make. <sighs> I mean, this is going to be a big decision anyway. Um we've talked about before like, if they're bringing a manager now-ish certainly the next few weeks that'll give them a chance to look at things before January mm-hmm. um, but the longer we go into December what's the point in getting rid of them? Mm. Uh, I say, they're, not, they're not winning the league definitely not 
I don't think they're even going to finish in top four. So it's yeah. Do we do we try and do we try and change something now? Hope we can kick on in the Champions League. But then, as you've said before, Dave, Mourinho is a good Champions League manager. You know, he'll he'll get them deep in the competition. They just won't play football that anyone's going to enjoy. <laughs> With the right draw, they could uh, you know they could go deep in the in the draw. But at the same time, they only just beat Young Boys on on Wednesday night. So it's uh, you know it's it's. It's hard to predict. It, it it just doesn't make any sense to me. The team with that many good players are that poor. Mm. Uh, and I know Mourinho was complaining he had no centre halves yesterday. He had Rojo on the bench. Yeah, uh, Dalot, who can play at centre half, he just doesn't seem to like him. <laughs> he absolutely hates Valencia, doesn't he? So I mean, he's the latest one who seems to have taken the uh, the barrel for him. Yeah. So who knows? The, the recruitment has been so strange, mm-hmm. like. It's just baffling. Like they've spent money, um, and they're just spending it wrong. Um, and I mean, you could say similar to Southampton, like as Dave mentioned about the amount of money Liverpool gave them um, in recent years. But where has it been invested for both teams? Um, like Pogba for for the amount he spent. Whether he's worth it or not, it's a completely different question. I, I mean, I, I like Pogba as a player, but you need to have the right system around it. So if the system's not already there, that's a lot of investment you needed to do. Um, so why not just spend that that ninety million on two forty five million players where you could improve the defence um, and still get a centre midfielder who produces better quality than Pogba has done this season? Mm-hmm. I say it, it sounds like United are going to be special, splashing the cash in January as well. As there were reports um, that they've bid nine, like ninety million for Koulibaly. Yeah, well, it's a tower, it's a tower signing the need. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, uh, it's a lot. It, it smacks of desperation as well, though, doesn't it? Well, I, it's not. It's not going to save their season single-handedly. I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to to even question. <laughs> obviously, we just spent seventy-five million on Van Dyke, um, and obviously that's panning out quite well for ourselves. But um, they, it's it's whether or not are they giving Mourinho the money. Mm. You know, because if they give him the money in January, they then need to keep him till the end of the season, really. Because if not, that's a whole new building process. Yeah. Come the summer, if they bring in, can you imagine if they brought in a, a Serie type um, with his style of play, and then you're having to transform a complete squad again? Yeah. What you would say is, so the Koulibaly would be a good centre half for most managers. You know, it's yeah, it's, it's a pretty risk, oh, it's pretty yeah. risk free signing, I would yeah. say. Uh, the thing is, with Mourinho, he'll make one mistake and then Mourinho will drop him for the next <laughs> five games. Um, on to, we might as well rip the plaster off now, Dave. Uh, mm-hmm. Newcastle United, home to West Ham. We've talked about West Ham in the last few weeks about how well they've been doing, about Felipe Anderson. And yeah, Newcastle losing 3 0. I'll, I'll let you go with it, Dave. Well, I mean, f- first off, West Ham, fair play at them. They, they... They played everything exactly right. Pellegrini certainly out out uh, outthought Rafa on this one. Uh, they're just so good at playing on the break. Once when a goal behind, they were quite happy just to, to sit in and spring on the counter. As you say, Anderson so good. He's you know he's far too good for for West Ham. Um, he played he, Pellegrini did the right thing. Really he played uh, Hernandez and Arnautovic. I think because he. Probably expect us to stick with the three at the back. We played on Monday night, mm-hmm. played pretty well, um, but we went back to four at the back, which meant the world's worst footballer was back in the team at left back, which is Mankio. Um, he's just awful. Like I feel bad for him because he's he's a he's a right-footed 
fullback who's been asked to cover at left back, and it's down to our old friend, our old friend, and the lack of money we get given. But he is but, a le- he is a left back. When he, well, when he went to he went to Liverpool on loan a few seasons ago, played at le- played a few games at left back. Arsenal were linked for him at the time, but bought Monreal. Um, and I believe when he was at Sunderland, there's a a, a badge for him. Um, mm. He played at left back then, so he can yeah, play there. I'm sure he can, but uh, he, he he gets the ball and he obviously wants to be on his right foot, which immediately means he's coming infield, which closes the whole game up. Which, when you're trying to break a team down, is the last thing you want. Mm. Um, so it, it, it's, I say it's not really his fault. It's just it, it unbalanced the whole team. Um, I, personally, I would have stuck with a three at the back. Um, we totally bossed Burnley really on Monday night, which is not like us. Um, and to change that system, I thought was a bit harsh, but. I'm willing to bet they'll be back in play on Wednesday night at Everton because uh, we were awful yesterday. Uh, it was an all right game for an hour. Like, uh, even at 1-0, we were pushing for the equaliser. As soon as they got 2-0 ahead, that was us done. Um, and what was really worrying was how poor the sub bench was. Like, Yes, OK, we could bring on Shelby. But other than that, Atu came on for Richie and made no difference whatsoever. Uh, Hosselu came on, which never going to help. Uh and it just as soon as you get a couple of injuries, we've got absolutely no depth whatsoever, which is quite worrying at this time of year because, as we've said several times now, there's so many games in December and things. You are going to have to rotate the squad, and you know the likes of Rondon, who's you know he's big battleaxe really, but he he's not exactly uh, an 80 minute man. Any any games he misses, uh, and we have to go back to Hosselu, it's, it's 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 basically playing with 10 from the start. So all in all, it wasn't a really good, very, very good day out. But uh, you know, at least we've at least we've won three before that, and we're still just above the relegation zone. Okay, yeah. I say from what from what I saw on match of the day, Anderson looked like he had a great game. Strange though, he got two absolutely identical chances. Like one before the one where he hit it straight at the keeper, and then the second one he scored. Um, uh, Yedlin had a nightmare trying, trying to deal with him, and Yedlin's mm-hmm. quick. Yedlin's quick, which usually gets him out of trouble, but he. Uh, he couldn't really get near him, and then in the, for that last goal, um, Anderson went shoulder to shoulder with Fabian Shaw and knocked him over. Yeah, knocked and Shaw's a big lad, so I mean, just goes to show there's a lot of power in his uh, in his legs as well as his pace. So mm-hmm. he's a great, he's a good player. Um, I say horrible to say too good for West Ham, but I think he is. Um, but you know, they paid forty mil for him and no one else did. So fair play to him. They like that kind of player at West Ham. I don't know that one creative midfielder who runs the show runs the show and you know they did it with Payet you know the one player who is too big for West Ham mm. uh, you know and that's the thing does, does someone come in for him at some point you know but yeah he, he, look, he looked really good he, as he has done in the last few weeks um, Newcastle I say you mentioned yourself Newcastle had quite a few chances um, you know to try and get something out of the game but yeah West Ham just turned it on at the end uh, it, playing Hernandez I was really surprised to see him start because they've been playing Arnautovic as the out and out striker so to play, yeah. play a striker well, I, was it well, I, think, I think that's why I went back to two centre and a half thing and you know it's no point playing three against just one forward but mm-hmm. uh, like I say when, as soon as he played the two strikers it was a really open game like the first uh, first 15-20 minutes up until they scored it was like a basketball match it was really really open which is not how we like to play our matches like mm-hmm. obviously Benitez likes to keep things tight um, but it, just the turnover in play, like it was very little quality for me the team, and it really favoured them with the pace out on the wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, on to on to the next game on the Saturday. Uh, Crystal Palace finally winning at home. 
Although they were playing Burnley. Um, yeah, Palace, Palace won at home for the first time in over six months. It, uh, James MacArthur's goal was also the first goal they've scored from open play at home this season. Um, Burnley were terrible, though. They were. Like, Palace had about 30 shots. Mm-hmm. And uh, can we talk about MacArthur's goal? Because you just said there was the first one scored at home for, you know, many... Well, for open play, sorry, for, for, play, yeah. for, for a long time. And it was a cross that barely reached the box in the first place. Yeah. And, and Joe Hart just watched it go in. Yeah, one of my, uh, notes, one of my notes here literally just says, Joe Hart equals rubbish. <laughs> I mean, he made a number of saves, I suppose, but fairly routine saves but I mean I just didn't understand why I just stood much to go in like I say it wasn't like it was one of those like really whipped crosses it was just like a hopeful scuffed ball in the box which I, uh, I suppose the argument you could make is that Moya got, was close to getting something on it so that could you know could have wrong footed him I suppose but yeah he, he just he stood there and watched it no it's uh it's a worrying time for Burnley I mean how, how long do you think uh, Sean Dyche has I mean does he have Loads of credit in the bank from last season. I don't, I, oh, I don't think it'd go down very well if they sacked him. I think they could. I think Burnley could go down and at the bottom of the table, and and they'd still struggle to sack him and justify it. Yeah, it's a hard one to justify, isn't it? I was listening to Talksport last night, um, just after the game, um, and obviously he was being interviewed as well, and he's done so much on such a small budget. It. I mean, where do you? At what point does loyalty have to come in mm-hmm. to it? Um, but I mean, football's such a business with so much money involved, I guess. But I mean, there's got to be a fine line where where managers get loyalty to try and get themselves out, even even down to the last day. Um, it's it's one of those that I think the club's in a no-win situation here. Um, I, I personally think Dyke deserves just give them. If they go down, make their decision then. But, I mean, this season was always going to be difficult being in Europe. I mean, it shouldn't have took his toll this badly because um, they're not even defending well, which is the which is the strangest part. They were so good defensively the last couple of yeah, seasons. That's, that's what they built on last season. And Yeah, and they're so open this year, which means probably midweek they're probably going to beat Liverpool 1-0. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I just, I mean, I know Tarkovsky's out injured. Um and he's obviously so prominent in the centre of that defence, but they're just so open just now. It's 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 just not a Sean Dyke's team. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's not. But like I say, going back to our game against for Monday night, um, I had a peek at their one of their forums after the game, and a lot of the fans are, are calling for Dyche's head. Really? Um, yeah, which I was surprised at. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. as, as I said, fans are quite fickle, yeah. and uh, immediately following a defeat to someone like us at home is obviously going to turn the tide a bit <clears throat> but uh, who would they bring in? Well, they're, they're, well that's who's um, favourite for it on the, the talk spot that's who the, like, the couple of fans who came in talk about it. they said Sam Allardyce is the is the man for the job but like if you're if you're sacking Sean Dice who's took you to Europe um, well it's not playing pretty but it wasn't completely ugly last season with some great results to bring in Sam Allardyce then you deserve to go down with no points for the rest of the season <laughs> I think uh, Big Sam will be waiting for someone who will pay him a bit more money the likes of Southampton probably even uh, yeah I think so, well 
take your pick, really. There's a number yeah. of teams in the bottom half who probably haven't, but yeah, that's it. I think I think the one thing you've got with Burnley, they're not they're not one of these clubs you hear a lot about their owners and stuff like that. You know, you hear I couldn't even tell you who owns Burnley. Uh, or, or anything like that so you know will they just let him get on with it you know let him you know take him down in effect Burnley are effectively still a championship club you know they weren't even a good championship club um, but he's, he's you know he's dragged dragged them up they've done brilliantly um, you know they deserve to, to be in the Premier League and they probably deserve to stay there but I don't I think he could easily take them down and, and there'd be no problems uh, anyway, I mean, if they want to go down, I hope Dykes is still there and gets the chance to either bring them back up or... Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, they've not spent a lot of money. The team's probably good enough to get the results. You know, if somehow, if it clicks back, unless he's completely lost the dressing room. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't seem really like there's no, like, dodgy interviews coming out. You know, all the players are quite quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, Dykes still defending the team. Regardless, you know, he's taking the blame and he's saying just a couple of, they need a couple of runs and everything will be fine, a couple of like bits of luck to go their way. And I mean maybe that's all it is. Maybe they do just need something just to click. Um I mean they've went from Heaton and Pope, you know, the last couple of seasons have been like out of this world for, for Burnley. Um and then they signed Joe Hart, which was baffling enough. Um I mean, I don't think he's even good enough for Burnley. Um, and to be their first choice then after that because of because of injuries. So I mean maybe it's just a bit of luck they needed to get their to get their first eleven, which they relied on quite a lot. You know they were quite a regular eleven for most of the season with the odd change now and again. So maybe they just need to get some players fit and you know just one result to go their way. You know a bit of luck um, and just kick on. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. So watching watching Palace yesterday, the game was all Palace. I don't remember Burnley doing anything, and they showed on match of the day. They like Dave mentioned, they had so many shots. They showed like the shot map, and Burn um, Palace was shooting from everywhere. And is that because they think Joe Hart's vulnerable? Because t- yeah, you don't expect to see a team like Palace who struggled to score at home literally just hit the ball from anywhere. I mean, Andros Townsend does play for them. And he always well, could. Yeah, that's there is, <laughs> uh, three, three of Burnley's next four games: um, Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal. Well, there's six points for them then. <laughs> um, but yeah, one thing I want to ask you guys. Um, so I thought this for a while now, but watching watching this game, where a Palace team was so dominant, right? Wilfred Zaha, right? Obviously, the best player in that team, right? Mm-hmm. But is it to the detriment of the team sometimes? Because yes. the amount of chances he had yesterday, that in all fairness, he creates himself, right? But he's so selfish. <laughs> he creates chances, and I, but all of the chances he created, they eat to the post or they're saved. Does it? Does that endear him to fans and stuff like that? You know, could the team be better without him? Depends who they replace them. If it's Jordan Ayew, no. But if they, <laughs> you know, if they have yeah another good striker, then yeah. But he's the best they've got, and as you say, like he's he's far and away their best player. Yeah. You'd much rather have him than not have him with their current squad. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the Arsenal and the Sanchez thing. Now Sanchez in his last year or so for for Arsenal, I hated him because <laughs> he all he, it was it was the Sanchez show and stuff yeah. like that. And I and there were games where we he didn't play and we were much better. Uh, and we played in a, in a much better free flowing footballing way, and I can't. Okay, it is Palace. 
you know. But I can't help but think sometimes other players must get annoyed at him. You know, Maya played quite well yesterday. Uh, you know, and he's he's a talent. You know, um, do you know? Do yeah? Do, do other players suffer because they don't get their chance to shine with him and Townsend, who is very similar in the team? I I think so. He reminds me of Gerard at his last season for Liverpool. You know, where it was it was about him. Mm-hmm. You know, every time like uh, Henderson got the ball, it was give the ball to him. You know, the the game against Chelsea where he where he cost us the league. After from that moment on, you know, he's he's hitting shots from him everywhere. I mean, you know, he just it's just rather than take the simple approach it's kind of the same with Zaha. I mean, he is their best player and he's he's such a talent. I mean, but I don't think he's talented enough to go to the the so called, you know, the top six, the big six teams. Mm-hmm. You know, he wouldn't be a he wouldn't be a starter for them. So it's like he needs better players around it, and I think he could probably develop into a better player personally if he had better players around him. Mm-hmm. But while Palace don't have that great, and he's carried them for so long, I just think he's lost trust in them. And he, the Palace fans, adore him. Yeah. So so long as that's happening, I think that keeps his ego. He seems like you know he's he's not really he doesn't seem the most humble of guys um, as we've seen even just coming out complaining about he gets no protection referees kind of tells you the the type of player yeah. and the type of person he is um, so I think Palace could be a better team if they replaced him well enough as Dave says but whilst he's there and the players that they have around I mean the stats speak for themselves you take Zaha out and, and Crystal Palace are going down really yeah that's the thing I think it kind of takes the pressure off the other players in a way though like when Palace don't perform he, he he's going to he's going to get the brunt of it because that they, they rely on him and stuff, but uh, I say, but they won yesterday. They look quite good. Okay, probably because Burnley are terrible. Um, but do you think Palace can kick on now? Because they, they they seem to do it every season, don't they? And they have a bad start, and then they they really kick on. I think they have every chance of it. Um, their games coming up aren't that bad. Certainly, the next three are quite winnable, but. Uh, they, do, they have struggled for goals, like we said earlier. Um, hopefully, for their point of view, that's now over with. But uh, so much depends on Zaha, really. Okay. Uh, so, two more games from Saturday then. Um, Leicester um, coming out 2 0 winners at home to Watford. Uh, Jamie Vardy restored to the, um, the starting lineup after being, well, dropped, stroke rested uh, last week, but again scored a penalty, as he did coming off the bench last week. Uh, James Madison scoring a fantastic goal. Uh, interesting enough, though, I, I, I've been trying to think how to address this without sounding ridiculously horrible. But if it hadn't have been for everything that's happened at Leicester, James Madison wouldn't have played yesterday. Oh, because of the uh, Carlin Cup. He got sent off last weekend, didn't he? And then the AFL Cup game was moved to midweek. So that was his ban. Um, so, um, yeah. I'm uh, not going to say any more about that, but that was quite interesting. Um Watford's bad run though. One win in ten games now. It's what they do, isn't it? Uh, they're very streaky as a team. They're uh, I guess it gets kind of down to the players they've got. They've got a lot of um, players who are either you know fantastic like Pereira or uh, they're just in- invisible. You don't see them for months on end. Um, so tenth is exactly where you'd expect to find them based on that. That's, like, that's only de- that's only showing because they're good form at the start of the season, though, isn't it? Because one win in ten isn't tenth place form, really. No, no. Um, but yeah, um, 
few other notable notes from it. So they've had been, Watford have been handing out contracts left, right, and centre at the moment. Uh, uh, Isaac Success has just signed a new contract. Uh, I don't think he's found his feet at Watford yet. Um, Gracia, the manager, has been given. Uh, you know, we spoke about this last week. He's finally signed that new contract. Uh, if this run of form continues, knowing the Watford. Uh, uh, owners, that, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, uh, Kapua's red. Um, I don't think it was a red, to be fair. Nah, that'll get overturned. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he, he basically slipped, didn't he? It looked worse because Ayanacho did like a full forward roll after mm-hmm. like, in the air, but uh, it was a one-footed tackle, and it just happened that his other foot wasn't steady at the time. It was uh, much of nothing really. Yeah, the only other note that I've got from this was the uh, the beginning of the game. The Watford uh, travelling fans uh, unveiled a banner. Uh, for I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name, uh, but the um, Leicester chairman who was, uh, was tragically killed, and it was basically uh, it just it said his name and then thank you for allowing us all to dream. Uh, that was a nice touch. Yeah, it was a it was a lovely touch, and his son saw it at the game and gave them all free food and drink at halftime. Band. Which was yeah, so you know, showing showing he's just like his father because that's the sort of thing he used to do for the for the Leicester fans. Uh, so it's good to see that you know, even in the, the tragic events that have happened, uh, basically there's still a sense of normality at the club. If you know what I mean? Like that's things are carrying on that were in place before um, and stuff like that. But yeah, Leicester they, they had a bit of a bad run and they seem to be coming out of it now. Um, James Madison though, yeah, he scored a great goal. He's still looking like a great signing for them. He is. You can see why uh, why England had a look at him in the last round of games. But surprisingly, Leicester were eight. To be honest, like you, I thought they'd had a bit of a, a bit of a a bad run. Mm-hmm. But uh, eighth and only a point behind Man United and Everton. Uh, fair play to them. Well, that's it. It's like what for, what you just said. What for the tenth? And they haven't. They've won one game in ten. So <laughs> it, it, it's very strange around that that mid table area. Um, so tight, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, the last game on Saturday then. Surprisingly, this was quite a good game from what I saw. Um, me and Dave kind of ripped the shit out of it last weekend. Uh, Huddersfield against Brighton. Um, Huddersfield started really, really well. Um, but ended up losing to a, a Glenn Murray-less Brighton. I didn't I didn't know half the players in Brighton's team. It was like they had a, they had a makeover. <laughs> I did, I t- obviously, Hewton decided to rotate the squad. But uh, I suppose the red card changed the game. But... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, who's who's Bernardo and Andone who scored the goal? Uh, Balagun came on. No idea who these people are, but fair enough, it worked. Yeah, that's it. Say, Brighton. When I saw that Murray wasn't playing, I know he's like one of their older players and stuff, but it's still unusual. You'd you'd kind of fancy yourself against Huddersfield, but say Huddersfield came out, played really, really well. Um, Bruno obviously got confused as to what Andy was playing at. Uh, in, the, in the first minute, literally crossing in for Jorgensen to score. Um, I don't think he'll have a better assist this season. Apart from, oh, oh no, the game against Wolves where he injured himself volleying the ball across <laughs> from Murray to tap in. Um, did, did you see him uh, stretch his leg to win the corner that led to Duffy's equaliser? Yeah, that 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 that, equal, uh, that was a cracking bit of play though. To be fair, uh, he's thirty-seven and he can get his leg up like that. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't do that at seventeen, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, as you said, the, the red card changed the game. Mounier, who just isn't doing it at all this season. Um, it was definitely a red, but not the worst tackle we've seen in the last two weeks, to be fair. Um, and uh, Bolligan, did you say? Um, 
later on in the game, he probably should have gone off because his tackle was just as bad. Uh, yeah, it wasn't nice, like was it? But uh, it was for considering like you didn't really associate either of these two teams with being totally filthy. It was a pretty uh, pretty rough game in that respect. Mm-hmm. But I'm not overly surprised Brighton won, uh, especially once the red card happened. Yeah. But I think Huddersfield are uh, in a world of bother. Yeah, probably. I say, but the, you know, they they did look good until the red card. So you know, you you don't know how they'd have kicked on. But uh, and Dona, who came in from Murray, he scored his first goal for the club. Um, looks pretty good. Apparently, he's quite highly rated. Uh, he was playing in Spain uh, last season, uh, and he, it, he looked lively. It's a good header, good mm-hmm. goal. If he can head the ball, he'll fit in just fine at Brighton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I say, but to be fair, Brighton their second got their equaliser rather. I say Bruno jumping up to get it, but then they got the quick corner. He took that corner really quick as well. Like that's what amazed me. They took a quick corner and still the Brighton centre halves <laughs> yeah, were up there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Duffin Duff- must have sprinted. Well, I think that was it. He was just still running, wasn't he? And then the ball came in. He was able to attack it like at full pace in the air, and it just was an absolutely mighty header. But. Yeah. Uh, I mean, him and Dunk must will probably get ten goals between them at least, just from decent balls in the box, won't they? Yeah, so it was a decent game. I know we said last week before it, it, was, it didn't have any of the hallmarks of being a good game, but from the highlights on match today, it, it did look a pretty good game. Um, obviously, we'll see how both of these teams will get on there with the games coming thick and fast. Um, on to Sunday's games then, uh, Derby Day, as Sky liked to bill it. You know, obviously the FA's magic random fixtures computer <laughs> um, fr- throws these kind of things up. You know, where all the derbies take place on the same day. Um, the first game of the day was Chelsea playing their neighbours Fulham. Uh, Ranieri, Ranieri rather uh, returning to his his former club. Um, oh God, Chelsea won two 0 with Pedro and Ruben Loftus Cheek scoring. Um, it still didn't look. I did, no, I didn't see all of this game to be fair. Um, but it still didn't look a very good Chelsea performance, from what I saw. No, it was uh, the same as it's been for all for the last few weeks, really. As, as we spoke about, where the life going backwards and sideways, but there's so little going on in the final third. It's uh, it's it's really really strange. I mean. You'd have to give Fulham some credit for uh, getting themselves organised because this probably wouldn't have happened under Jukanovic. Mm-hmm. But but uh, yeah, it was it was a snoozer to be honest. It wasn't a great game. Yeah, I say Fulham did look a lot more organised. We said this last week, though. I suppose that's the thing with Chelsea. We're repeating the same thing every week, weirdly. Um, but yeah, Fulham looked a lot more organised. Uh, one thing I thought was quite interesting: Kante. Um, now in the week, Sarri came out after, especially after the, the mauling he got last week, saying that he doesn't want Kante playing where um, what's his face plays. Jorginho. Jorginho. Jorg- that's how forgettable he's been the last couple of weeks. <laughs> he didn't want him playing where Jorginho. He wants a creative player, so it'll be Jorginho or Fabregas in that role, and Kante has to fight further up the pitch. And Kante set, got his uh, second assist of the season uh, for Pedro's first goal by making a good run. In fairness, I don't think he meant to pass it. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just, I mean, we've, we've, as you say, we've done this over and over, haven't we? I don't understand the need to play like that. And what I thought interesting today is that if you're, if you're looking on Twitter during the game, there's a lot of people saying, what's the point of Jorginho? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's always been sort of like one of these hipsters' favourites where he's... Everyone just says it's fine because it's 
it's different kind of thing, and it's not many things play like that. But there's now more and more people start to ask, what's the point of actually playing someone like that? Against no disrespect, but Fulham, who you don't necessarily need a, what's essentially a fifth defender to pass mm-hmm. the ball sideways. Oh, at, when, one, at one point there was a point where I watched. Um, I think it was David Louise play the ball to Georgina, who was two yards away. Mm-hmm. He then played it back to Louise. Then Louise played it back to him. But neither of these players moved. <laughs> and then he played it out to someone else out wide and then got the ball back. And I think in total, the ball had just travelled about 10 yards. Yeah, it's it's absolutely bonkers. Um, and I just don't understand the need for it. Uh, and I guess in Serie A, maybe it's better to keep hold of the ball for that long. But it's totally lost on me as a, th- as a thick Englishman. Like, I just don't see the... See the the, the 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 goodness in it. I don't see what it achieves really. Yeah. As you say, when they complete a hundred passes in you know three minutes and they've moved ten yards up the pitch, and yeah, for right. the, the the other midfielders they've got at their disposal, like you say, I mentioned Loftus Cheek came on and scored. Mm-hmm. You must be pu- you'd be pulling your hair out when you're sitting on the bench. But I mean, I hope, I hope his sake, the players have bought into what he's trying to do because, as I say, I, I can't, I can't get on board with it as, as a neutral. But uh, you know, I'm sure he won't lose any sleep over that. Uh, I'd be, in, I'd be interested to know how Chelsea fans feel. Now we've got Ryan, who does one of the other shows, who's a Chelsea fan. Might have to see if we can get him on to see what he thinks of the boring football that is being played at Stamford Bridge. Um, but yeah, Fulham still bottom. Uh, Morata is he injured? No, he came on and he was. Oh, he did come on. I was going to say because he's been all right in the la- recently. He missed an absolute sitter today. Uh, oh, so he's back, ha- back to himself then. Hazard had a shot which the keeper parried, and Murata followed in from maybe six yards and volleyed it not just over the bar, but pretty much over the stand. Like it was oh, a remarkable. Okay, excellent. It was a remarkably poor finish. Okay, and, and Ross Barkley completely missed out again. Uh, obviously, that's good for Ruben Loftus Cheek. Um, yeah. But K- Kovacic, where we say his name, Kovacic. Uh, didn't play that well. He got took off. Um, no, he's uh, he's another one who's. I don't really get him. I don't see what what is. He's obviously a very talented player, but just nothing in particular. Like he's not. You wouldn't say he's particularly creative. He's obviously not a runner particularly. He's just another human body in there that tries to get the ball to Hazard every opportunity. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Ranieri faces uh, another former club in Leicester next week so that could be quite interesting for him but you see there were signs that Fulham were getting better although that might just be like how bad Chelsea were to be fair uh, you know it's it's hard to look bad when the other team are just passing the ball in front of you for 90 minutes yeah um, okay right oh here we go um, so the game I have the most notes on obviously was the next game in Sky's Derby Day um, Arsenal against Tottenham now the thing that got me, I was quite nervous going into this game, considering how well Tottenham dealt with Chelsea last weekend. Okay, okay, Chelsea are very boring to watch, but they they have been difficult to break down. Uh, they were unbeaten until last weekend, and Tottenham literally ran riot on them. Um, but Arsenal, I don't even, I don't even know where to start. Um, <laughs> Mesut Özil didn't play. Nowhere to be seen. Although um, Emery did come out and say he's got a back a back spasm, but oh, yeah. he was dropped last weekend as well. And some of Emery's comments in the media this week don't make it look too good for him. Um, Spurs. So th- I, these are my notes. I've written down go as the game was going on. So Spurs uh, stuck with Foyth, which was great news for me. 
And weirdly, they dropped Toby Alderweireld, who is one of the best centre backs in the Premier League. Uh, bought in Jan Vertonghen, who had a fantastic game. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just going to babble a lot because this game, this game was amazing. I think I better let you guys talk about it for a bit. Well, I mean, we we spoke before about Aaron Ramsey, uh, and to me, he changed the game for you guys today. He, yeah, he did. Would you not? Would you surely not try and find a way to keep him, or do you think it's, it's time's up now? Yeah, but he wants 350 grand a week, doesn't he? You know, he. Okay, coming on changing the game. Um, he, he did that, but he's played in other games this season off the bench and not done that well. Um, if we could, if we could come to an agreement on a normal contract, I'm, you know, I'm not saying give him fifty grand a week or whatever, but if we could come to an agreement where it's like, look, we'll give you a decent wage, but we're not gonna, we're not gonna pay you like top top wages you know then I, I'd let him stay I'd have let Jack Wilshere stay to be fair I really like Jack Wilshere um, but you know if the players want more than the club's willing to pay it's, I mean it's hard for you guys with the Ramsey situation Ramsey's going to sign for somebody else on a free on nowhere near 350 grand a week mm-hmm. but he's also looking at the players around him and thinking how much better are these guys performing than I am, yeah. and I have been. And I, I mean that's, and I, I can completely understand Arsenal's point of view here. Um, but you can also see where Ramsey's coming from. I mean, we've all played football. I'm guessing at some level, and you see like the crap around you, um, <laughs> and then you're like, "Whoa, wait a minute here!" And so these, these guys, to these guys, even in our own like you know daily jobs, we're probably seeing bosses, and you're like, "How the hell are these guys at that you know at that point?" Um, so Ramsey's looking at. I mean, I'm a massive fan of Ozil, but he's got to be looking at Ozil um, in the way he's performed um, since joining Arsenal, really, and thinking, wait a minute here, I'm I'm outscoring him, out assisting him every week. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the defensive work, you know. I'm kind of, and Ramsey's kind of been like the the heartbeat of the team for the last few years. Um, so <laughs> you can see why he wants it. I'm sure he would come to some sort of agreement. On less than three hundred and fifty grand a week, I'm guessing that's maybe just like a, you know, just like a point to prove mm-hmm. type of a number. Because as you say, I mean, the clubs he's been linked with has been Juventus, Bayern Munich, and there's been some links to Liverpool. I mean, a new Klopp's talked about him quite highly, um, but I mean, we're never going to offer that amount. Mm-hmm. Juventus are never going to offer that. Um, I mean, I don't know what Bayern's wage structure is like, but again, I'd imagine they're quite. German-based players, so again, probably going to be, you know, probably less than any club in the Premiership will, will offer him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, it's all going to come down to, if he's just doing this sticking point with Arsenal, just because he feels that sense of entitlement um, with other players around him. Yeah, I so think... I think oh, yeah, so, no, you carry on. I mean, I, I'm just the same, it's pretty much the same thing over and over, but yeah. I think that, I think Ozil's the sticking point, you know, that Ozil contract. Yeah. Uh, and even the Sanchez last one, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it, <laughs> this is where clubs struggle, and this is where you kind of respect Tottenham a little bit, where they've got that set structure, um, and, but how they've not lost players in general due to those wages, I'll, I'll, I'll never know, but... It, it's now a tough Arsenal are now in that conundrum seeing these players on stupid money when they had that, that such a strict structure for so long but yeah. trying to keep two players and then just giving in it's like that Wayne Rooney effect isn't it like, yeah I, I think the pro- the problem is as you say yeah the, the, the Sanchez contract and the Ertzel contract uh, but the thing with Ramsey he's Wenger's boy 
He was Ven- we spoke about this last week. He was Wenger's boy, and he was always in the team. Like they, uh, Wenger would have played him in goal to get him <laughs> into the eleven because Wenger loved him. And I think now he kind of he, he Emery isn't giving him that, and I think Emery's playing hardball with him, like we see a few managers do with players whose contracts run down. Sheffield Wednesday are a good example of this. If you're in the last year of your contract and you don't sign one, they won't play you, um, <laughs> which is weird. Um, um, but so yeah, and I think I think. Emery's he wants to feel loved and I think Emery's not giving him that at the moment um, but I'm hoping like with a performance like today because I think Ramsey has become a bit stagnant knowing that he's in the team he's going to play out right, right, wide right one game he's going to play defensive midfield the next and I think he, he has got a bit complacent so I think Emery's hoping that by making him fight position you know by you know making him force his way into the team come on and make a difference he can he, you know he can he can feel part of it, if you know what I mean, and then maybe yeah, come to a realistic terms where he's like, okay, I'm Mister Arsenal. I want for I want three hundred and fifty grand a week. I think if he feels if he feels loved and he gets a decent contract that's you know on par with like you know you're a Bamiangs and your Lacazettes and that lot, um, they're not earning three hundred and fifty grand a week, you know. So I think if he was paid on par with them, uh, and the fact you know Sanchez has gone now, and it is starting to look like Ertz might not be there much longer, although. Mkhitaryan's not helping his case any anyway by playing I mean, terribly. He's making Ramsey look better and better by the week, isn't he, Mkhitaryan? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, he's even making Ozil look uh, like, a, <laughs> like 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 a workhorse. But, um, my next question for you: um, Leno or Czech? Leno. Really? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He made a mistake today, um, but he's. Check, checks at the end of his career, unfortunately. He's had a, he's had a fantastic <coughs> career, but he he hasn't been that good for us, especially in recent seasons. And I think he's another one. Who, to be fair, this season is probably the games he's played this season. Check's been at his best. He got he was mad. The matching like a um, a couple of games at the beginning of the season uh, because he actually had some competition. I'm sorry when you've got a five foot four Espina uh, waiting on the bench to come in, or Damian Martinez who, who plays one game a year. Again, you, this is the problem we had at Arsenal. Players got a little bit complacent, so that competition kind of kicked him on a bit. But Leno's coming in. You got fair play to him. He's taken his chance, and okay, he's made. He's conceded a few goals. He's made. He's, he has made a couple of mistakes, um, but we're unbeaten in nineteen games. Yeah, uh, it's fair play. I mean, check. I, I don't. I haven't rated for a long time anyway. But just watching Leno today, I was just surprised at how. He was pretty poor, really, at everything, uh, except being able to kick the ball in a straight line, which Czech massively falls down on. Yeah, between the two of them, you know, there's a good goalkeeper there. Um, but yeah, on to the game then. So yeah, um, Altavira was dropped, Vertonghen came in, gave away a penalty. Um, not sure what the hell he was doing. And he never really recovered from it. Like, no, he was. Sky pointed it out a lot. He, his head was not in that game. It's crazy though, wasn't it? To, to handball like that, give away a soft penalty in the first ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh dear! I yeah. mean, uh, from an experienced pro as well, like had Foyth done it or whatever he's called, yeah, yeah. we'd have gone out. Oh, well, you know, that's just an experience. But uh, for him to do it, it's just mad. Yeah, I say. Uh, Bamiang steps up, scores the penalty. Uh, Arsenal were fantastic for the first twenty minutes. Absolutely all over Spurs. Um, but yeah, that that setup. Um, I think we spoke about it the other week. We lack a set in the through the middle. Um, he's not that kind of striker, and 
it kind of showed a bit. Uh, obviously, we were much better in the second half when uh, the changes were made and Lacazette came on and we went to two men up front. Um, but yeah, Spurs got themselves right back in it. You know, Eric Dyer, the big lad, um, gets himself a, a, gets himself a goal. I would be interested. Everyone talks about Harry Kane in that Spurs team. I would be really interested to see that Spurs team without Christian Eriksen playing regularly. Because his passing today was fantastic. Especially from the few set pieces they had. Well, they, they really missed him when he was injured early in the season. Um, I know he had this abdominal problem. But uh, he makes a huge difference for them. I think yeah. he's, you know, Ali, Son, Moura. They're all very good at what they do, but none of them can pick a pass like Ericsson can. Yeah, I say, I say uh, Ericsson was fantastic last weekend, and he, he looked really good in the first half of this game anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, no way was that Tottenham penalty or penalty. I, don't care what I, watched, I watched it back four or five times, and I, I just don't see where the, where the conduct is. Like, If anything, it's... it's, it's who was it who slid in holding or uh, uh, holding comes yeah. across? So it's either his body catches Son on the leg, which in itself is unlikely, or there's just no contact at all. I, I, I've seen it a few times back, and I'm, I still can't pinpoint the moment where he actually, well, where he allegedly catches him. Yeah, and it's weird seeing Sky because before the game, no one gave Arsenal a chance. But they were going around the Sky Studio, and everyone's like, "I can't see it. nothing but a Tottenham win here. Tottenham are going to steamroll through the Arsenal. This is going to be their first big test." They're going to smash through Arsenal. We're really going to see where Arsenal are this season. You know, they've unbeaten in eight in seventeen. It's all flattering and whatever. And yeah, but yeah. And then when when the penalty was given, and then go back to Sky in the studio. They're like, oh yeah, Arsenal were really good for twenty minutes as they have been all season. Um, but you can't give him the opportunity to go down like that. And I'm like, what the fucking hell are you talking about? Give him the <laughs> opportunity to go down. That's a dive then. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Harry Kane stepped up and scored as I don't think anybody in that stadium didn't think he would. Um But yeah, oh what have I put? Yeah, I've just put not a penalty in big letters. Um interesting enough, Arsenal yet again not leading at half time. Uh Sky showed a quite an interesting thing earlier on though. Um if the football season games were only forty five minutes long, Arsenal would be nineteenth. You have no wins, that's for certain. I saw that uh, graphic come up. Yeah, we haven't been ahead all season in, at, at half-time. But uh, second half, as we have been all season, we have been absolutely fantastic. And fair play to Emery. He changed things massively. As we spoke, Ramsey came on, totally changed the game. Lacazette came on, uh, had a good game. Um, something Wenger wouldn't have done. Um, mm. But uh, the boy Foyt... I'm sure his name was pronounced a million different ways this afternoon Um, he's got that Rick in him isn't he he certainly does that was uh, pretty bad for which goal was it where he gave it away the third goal Mm. and then obviously it deflected off Eric Dyer because there's a lot of Eric Dyer for it to deflect off Um, (laughs) the fact that um, that Lacazette fell over you know and it still went in I I was dancing around my living room there so um, Hugo, Hugo Lloris today um, what like he's been terrible thought, all season I thought he sh- I thought he should have saved like a that shot mm-hmm. um, obviously he was totally wrong footed by Aubameyang which alright he's shot from 20 yards but to, to not even make a move for it I thought was pretty poor and then for Torreira's goal it just gave him the whole goal to shoot at pretty much because as we've, <laughs> as we've discussed multiple times this season Torreira can't, ain't got a shooting boot on him 
but when Luis just makes himself as small as possible on the near post area and just says, ah, stick on the far side of the goal, yeah. anyone can do that. But yeah, it, it, so as an Arsenal fan, it was fantastic. To just, just, do you know what? If we'd have lost that game or if it had finished a draw, I think I'd have still been kind of pleased in a way because we showed a lot of fight and not just with um, Aaron Ramsey trying to kill Eric Dyer and Deli Alli <laughs> because everyone wants to smash Deli Alli in the face. That's, I think that's the only interesting thing Deli Alli did in the game as well. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of fight and Lucas Torreira. I'm telling you right now, if we do like an end of season awards, he is signing of the season. I don't care what anyone says. He is bit he is the one one player who has made a difference to the team he has joined. He he was phenomenal today. And he reminded me of like this fixture last season, Dembele bossed that midfield for Tottenham. And they were all over us. And Dembele broke everything up that we were that we were doing. And obviously Pochettino took him off after about an hour. Um, but that was Torreira today. He he was he, he, he you know and he scored, which was obviously fantastic. But yeah, a lot of fight from the Arsenal team. And we as Arsenal fans, we haven't really seen that. And I know it's the North London derby, and you expect them to raise their game for it. Um, but yeah, it was absolutely fantastic to see. Uh, Vertonghen topped off his uh, fantastic performance uh, by being sent off. Um, but yeah, anything you guys want to say about the game? Because I feel like I'm just going to talk about it for hours. Just, oh, just, Sorry, go on. Oh, just on Torreira, it's, I think he epitomises why exactly he needed to change Wenger. You know, he, he's the sign and the type of player he's have cried out for for mm-hmm. the last, what, six, seven years? I'd probably go as far to say since yeah, 2005. Since, since Vieira, really. When, yeah. You know, realistically, once Vieira gone, I mean, he's been such a soft spine. Um, I mean, I've always had a soft spot for Arsenal. Like my best friend's an Arsenal fan, so we always watched games together. So it was kind of hard not to like Arsenal, this, this type of football. And, and I was a massive Wenger fan, it's hard not to be, but, you know, he, he just becomes so blinded in his own philosophy and didn't yep. move with the times and, and Torreira was exactly what you have cried out for years all the money he's keep spending on attacking midfielders um, and Torreira's it and, and I mean he was a, he, not like outstanding in the World Cup you know but he definitely like he shone in that Uruguay team um, mm-hmm. and he played fullback a couple of games yeah um, so, so you know the defensive side there so I, I just for me that, that his performance is what stood out for me too. I mean we all know about Aubameyang um, we all know about Lacazette. I mean, I watch both in in France and Germany, respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, but just Torreira's just there's something nice about a really good breaking midfield. I mean, that's why everybody loves Kante, isn't it? I mean, as much as we love the attacking player side of things, it's just that 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 there's that that you know that player, that gritty player in the middle of the park, just always stands out for me. Um, and just my last point on the game, it just Loris. I'm just so glad that everybody's seeing how bad a goalkeeper. He actually is. He just costs his team more points um, than than anything else. He's just he's such a liability. It's just ridiculous. Dave, anything from you? Uh, no, I think we've covered everything. To be honest, it's. Uh, you sure? I, I, I could talk more about this. The highlights are actually <laughs> on the sky right now while I'm <laughs> while I'm watching. But yeah, so, as I was saying, like, everything you said about Torreira, Ali. Um, absolutely fantastic and he has he's made a real difference and he's made a difference to players around him like me and Dave have spoken about the effect he's had on Xhaka Uh, Xhaka looks a much better player Uh, I believe Xhaka didn't get booked 
um, today, which, you know, Xhaka going into a North London derby is usually a red card waiting to happen. Um, we, I thought he did get booked. I, I, might, I don't know, I don't remember. I'm, I'm, I'm a little <laughs> bit delirious, to be fair. Um, but Bellerin, Bellerin is, you know, he's always been that rampaging right back, but he seems to go forward for. He used to get caught in two minds before because obviously he didn't have the confidence that there was the cover behind him. But he seems to be more. You, you look at Bellerin this season and think he was more of a winger. And I think it is because we've got like Torreira and Xhaka playing so well in that deep role. Um, you know, so it's allowing players to go forward. And it's, yeah, it all came together today. And you know, there's a lot. A lot of people thought you know we've had this run of games where we've done really well. Um, but we haven't really got any credit for it, if you know what I mean. And I think it doesn't help that we played Manchester City and Chelsea at the beginning of the season and we lost both of those games. Although, I'd argue the Chelsea game, we played quite well in. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was a real statement of intent from us today. Obviously, I, we're not going to win the league because you know Man City are miles ahead of us. But the way we played today, apart from Man City, I haven't seen another Premier League team put in a performance like that. And... You know, obviously we'll probably go out and lose our next four games or something there because that's what we do. But it's it's completely changed from the Wenger area, and and that's all we we've wanted to see really. Um, okay, on to the last game. I'm going to let you two go at this because all I've got written down for this was Everton were playing dangerously at the back, which everyone thought was going to cost them. Amazingly, it did. Uh, and I've just put a Rigi in big letters. And that wasn't even for the goal; that was for him coming <laughs> off the bench. <laughs> Well, I'll let you go probably in a moment because you're obviously the Liverpool man. But uh, for me, <clears throat> Liverpool looked shagged out after an hour. Um, they looked like they'd been playing, obviously, in, in Paris in midweek and they looked tired. Uh, hence, having to use players like Origi and Sturridge from the bench to try and find a spark from somewhere because he ran out of ideas for me a little bit. Um, Everton looked more likely to win it, to be quite honest with you, for the last 15 minutes. They were coming forward in not huge numbers but quite a, quite a bit of success in getting uh, Bernard in the game and I thought it was heading for an Everton win at one point but uh, then the, the last minute happened which I just wrote down fucking hell on my bit of paper because <laughs> 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 yeah, you cannot explain that really <laughs> but please try go ahead yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean it, it was such a fun game to watch um it was a bit stressful being a Liverpool fan, not used to Everton actually attacking us um, that much. I mean, last season they were an absolute embarrassment um, in the game. But, I mean, that is it, Andre Gomez and mm-hmm. Bernard just looked total, you know, a different quality of player for Everton, which was nice to see. Um, I mean, the last 15 minutes you mentioned, it was when Luke Lindbrook came on. They just seem to have a bit of oomph about them. And, mm-hmm. and as you say, we just, and it's been a story of our season, we just look so lost for ideas. Um Firmino just looks awful this season. Um, it, it, somebody said on and commentary earlier that he looks like a player who's new to the league. You know, he just seems like he's so off the pace, and I don't know what's going on. Um, but I mean, the, the highlights for me was Allison's save um, from the header. I thought it was outstanding, and it was why we obviously spent the money on him. Um, Everton missed a couple of good chances, but I mean, the, the, obviously, the biggest takeaway we could all say from the game was what the hell was Jordan Pickford doing at the end? I mean, it's such naivety, isn't it? Just not to tip that over or um, even leave it. It looked like it was actually going to go over. 
because he didn't need to touch it. I, for a second, thought he'd actually gone out of play. Anyway. I don't know what had gone on. Yeah, um, and and as um, as Chris says, like David Carigi, he still plays for Liverpool. Um, I was I was in shock. I thought he was on loan. Um, <laughs> kind of before today, I would have gladly hoped he was on loan. But uh, now he's the best player in the league. So <laughs> we step aside Raheem Sterling because uh, Rigi's back. <laughs> yeah, Pickford's got that in him, and you know he. He he uh, he's only young and he, yeah. he he does make some some weird mistakes. Remember, uh, Alison made that mistake at the start of the season against Brighton, I think it was. Maybe Huddersfield. They're both the same teams to me. Um, when he tried to like shuffle back past the striker, mm-hmm. he got all taken off him, and then they scored from it. Well, that same day, Jordan Pickford gets interviewed and says, "I'll never make a mistake like like Alison did." Yeah, it's three weeks later he gives the ball away in the edge of his box and concedes a goal. Then he does that in the Merseyside derby. There's maybe sometimes you just need to be quiet, you know, just yeah. be smug about it. But mm. to, to be fair, a, a few weeks ago I said, "What the fuck's the West Ham way?" and just lost three 0 to them. So it, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot to be said for football karma, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately so. But yeah, I say. I, from what I saw, I decided I didn't see much of the game because I was catching up on yesterday's games uh, and obviously recovering from hitting my head on the ceiling when uh, Aubameyang scored today. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, from what I saw, Ever- Everton had all the chances. That that save from Allison for for point blank range was fantastic. Yeah, uh, and then um, it was cleared off the line straight afterwards, was it? Yeah, Gomez, yeah, yeah. last ditch tackle as well. I mean, I, I, I want Joe Gomez this season um, when he's been played centre half has has been outstanding, um, and it makes decisions like midweek against Paris Saint Germain to bring in Tejan Lovren. Mm. Um, well, bringing him in at all is <laughs> is unacceptable. But you know, when you like, for me, like I, I'm I'm okay with making changes, but I think your back four really shouldn't need to be touched. Back five for your goalkeeper. Unless something drastic, mm. you know, is needed. I just think it's one that you shouldn't really, maybe in a League Cup game or early rounds of the FA Cup where it's probably not not important as such. You know, it depends on how much you want to win a trophy, I guess. But yeah. just yeah. a Champions League game where it's important or league games, no matter who you're playing. I just think if you keep your two centre-halves together, ones that are playing well, you know, just keep that that routine, especially for a team like Liverpool, who's recent years, I mean, as you, you'll know yourself, Chris, as well, for Arsenal, the defensive side of things hasn't been our strongest point. Yeah. Um, so when you get that solidarity, you, you should just really look to keep it yeah, as they, much as you can. Yeah, your defence has been fantastic this season. Obviously, Van Dijk gets an assist this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> but he's 17 clean sheets he's kept since he's came in last January, so in a season. So he's basically keeping an assist every second game. Which I mean, that's remarkable when you look where we were at. You know, the sixth month year before that. I mean, seventy-five million people talk is a lot of money, um, and it is because we should have signed them from Celtic um, before Southampton even got them. But Brendan Rodgers says he wasn't good enough, um, and seventy-five million is looking like a bargain. Yep. Like I mean, if that's what for me, he's, he's the best defender in the league. Um, only Toby Alderweireld matched him for me. Um, but obviously he's not getting a look in. Oh, what about no. what about Jan Vertonghen? <laughs> I'll give you it on this week's before. I'll let you have him up there. But you know, like, those two are head and shoulders above most in the Premier League um, for the last few seasons. Even Asper, oh, I can't pronounce his name, the Chelsea player yeah. who plays centre half. But then he was playing in a back three, which is this that slightly bit easier. Mm-hmm. So I mean, 
if you, as we mentioned with Man United and the Koulibaly signing, you know, if you can make an impact signing like that, it definitely could go a long way. Yeah, that's that's it. So you know, Liverpool signed Van Dijk. He, he's he's changed the team. He's given uh, since he came in in January. You know, he's given again give him that confidence to rampage forward. Um, interesting though, if this if uh, Man on the Post ever started doing merch, uh, I think the Sunday Show T-shirt, apart from talking about how boring Chelsea would be, uh, the catchphrase would probably be Luckman for Walcott. Because um, <laughs> Walcott started again, got took off, and Luckman looked a much better player than him again. It's only a matter of time, I think. We said this every week, Dave. <laughs> uh, well, now there's going to be a lot of games, and there's going to be some rotation. And I think once he gets a start and he actually does something, um, that'll be the end of uh, Tiny Ted. <laughs> Tiny Ted. Oh, dear. But yeah, yeah, I say. I thought Everton looked, 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 looked pretty good. As you say, Gomez, again, looked really good. He's growing into the Premier League. Uh, Yerry Mina um, nearly scored. Uh, as well, which obviously... How did he not score? I know, yeah. It's Just what a bigger that, question, you know, yeah. And that's what he's known for more than his defensive work and it's his goal scoring. But uh, so I think, yeah, Everton will feel hard done by. Uh, I imagine Jordan Pickford was uh, quite a lonely figure um, <laughs> after the game. But uh, Ali, I've got to ask you a question as you're a Liverpool fan. Okay. So, this Liverpool team, right, this is pretty much the same Liverpool team from last season um, playing under the same manager, but they're completely different. Like last season, they were dynamic, they were swashbuckling. Okay, they didn't win the league and whatever. Uh, they were a little rickety at the back. They strengthened at the back, but then they don't look as potent going forward. Like you've said, um, Firmino doesn't look doesn't look like the same player. What, what what's changed? Do you think? We. <laughs> There's a lot of conspiracies going about about this. I mean, there's a lot of people saying he's trying to just, you know, hold the team back a bit, like so winning Justin no more, mm-hmm. so that we can bust out second half of the season because we ran out of steam, yeah. you know, in the second half of last season. But we didn't really get good until about this time last season either. Mm-hmm. You know, pro, you know, obviously we had the Arsenal game at the start of the season, but Salah really clicked in about this point and we just went on that rampage. But, I mean, we got tired at the end of last season because we, we got to the Champions League final. You know, and we were still battling to get in the top four till the last day of the season as well. Um, I just think he's still uh, he's still trying to play job with Henderson. He's still James Milner's still been one of our most played centre midfielders. We spent a hundred million on midfielders so that we could have that defensive solidarity, but also have that link mm-hmm. to the forwards. Whereas Firmino's basically playing as an attacking midfielder now. Yeah. So we have no striker. Um, and we're still playing those same three laboured midfielders. And, I mean, what we, we talk about players who play for their country and players for the club being totally different. We did with Sterling. Well, Gini Wijnaldum's like a, an international superstar yeah. um, for Holland and then looks like Pogba for Man United when he plays for us. Um, it's just, there's just such a disconnect. Um, Klopp's loyalty is to certain players is very frustrating. Um, but, I mean, how can we argue for what the guy's done for us and what he continues? I mean, we're two points behind City. I'd argue we've not played well in any game this season, really. Maybe little spells, you know, each part. So, I mean, we're bound to click and have, you know, a run of games where we're we're outstanding. So, I mean, I'd say this is probably more likely to be a team that could win. I don't think we will win the league. 
so don't get uh, Adam calm down. Uh, <laughs> but you know, this is a team that's more likely to win the league than any of our other teams, including even thirteen, fourteen. You know where we came so close, yeah. just because we have that defensive solidarity. But it's it's very frustrating being a Liverpool fan just now, being considering we are you know second top of the league and undefeated and best starting so long, but. I mean, I mean the fact that you're an Arsenal fan and can point out, and I've heard you and Dave the last couple of weeks. It just we're so disjointed, mm-hmm. um, and it's very frustrating knowing that the players are there. And every time you you know you question it, you're getting you're getting your head bitten off by other fans because we're doing so well. But mm-hmm. we can all see that there's something missing. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, whether a clock can change, maybe it's a player. You know, maybe it's a signing in January. Um, like I was never a Coutinho fan, but maybe it's a Coutinho-esque centre midfielder. Um, I mean, we were in for the oh, what was his name? We, I can't remember. We had a we had a bid accepted and everything was agreed, but something popped up in his medical about his knee. Oh, Fakir, um, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, maybe it's just a player of that ilk, you know, just that bit of creativity, um, link-up play that can allow. I mean, I think we all agree Firmino last season was, was outstanding in his role um, and made us tick. And, he, and he's still the one that makes us tick. He brings Manny into the game and he brings Salah into the game. But the fact that he's coming deeper and deeper, he's like a defensive midfielder sometimes for us because he's pressing that to get the ball back, but then can't get back up the field. So I, there's, there's definitely something missing. But again, it's more likely this team could win the league than any other team that we'll have just purely down to the... We, we we seemingly I think you pointed out a couple of weeks ago, Chris, that we're winning games that last season we'd have lost upon. Yeah. So that, that's the thing. It it it's it, from from being an outsider, it's really interesting because I imagine it as you say, it's quite frustrating because you know what that team can do and how rampaging that team can be. But yeah, you're second in the league. You're two points behind a Man City team that look like they're going to dominate. Um, it's, I, I believe uh, after today's result, it's your second best start in top level fo- football. Yeah, ever. well, it's, it's our best in Premier League history, anyway. I know that. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm sure they were saying after the Everton game, it's now your second yeah. best start to a season ever. So it, it is. It must be really difficult to see that and yet still be fr- frustrated. Yeah, I, I think that's and that's what I suppose you can understand. The, like you know the you know the uber positive fans. You know every fan base has got them. Um, you can see why they get frustrated with the fans like myself, who, who are frustrated in the way it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, but my concern is what happens when we get one of these games that we can't win. You know, we don't get this 96-minute winner. Mm-hmm. Um, or they score early. Then what do we do? I mean, this, I mean, we've not seen it because we've not gone down, you know, really early. But say Burnley on Wednesday or Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, I think it is, yeah. Um, get an early goal from a free kick, and then, oh, I, think then sa- what, I think you're safe there. To be fair, but you know, but you know, but it's, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's, it's a game like that that might, you know that'll lead to, and that's where our fan base, especially on social media and and the forums, will implode because we're we're not looking like scoring three, four goals. Whereas last season we done that. I think we did that about seven times last season, got four or more goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's as you say, it's hard to argue. I mean. I would rather be in our position than than eighteen other teams in the league. Yeah, um, and it's just a frustrating time to be any fan who's doing well because City are so good. And I mean, when you watch City, you get more frustrated at your own club as well, just because they play so well going forward, whilst still winning every game. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, it's it's weird. Like as an Arsenal fan, I'm loving this season. This season's been brilliant. We're fourth, uh, and the two teams ahead of well, two of the three teams ahead of us, yourselves and Chelsea. I don't particularly think are playing very well. So that's frustrating for me watching an Arsenal team who I think is playing really well being behind. Well, up until today, we were behind Spurs, who I don't think were playing very well either. Um, Is it? it, 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 It's how strange the league is this season. Um, But yeah. I said I said last week it could be a, a case for you guys where a game will come at some point soon where you'll just go hell for leather and yeah. run, run through somebody and then they'll kick on and they'll be that dynamic. I hope they do because I really enjoy that Liverpool. We, I, it's fun, isn't it? As yeah. a football fan, it's fun. I mean, that's why we all love, well, maybe not love, but that's why we, we all enjoy watching Man City. Mm-hmm. And I think we can all agree, I mean, Dave, but you all obviously because you're an Arsenal fan, but we all love watching that Arsenal team of the, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s mm-hmm. because the, the, the football was good. At the end, as much as we love our clubs, um, I mean, we all enjoy watching good football. Regardless of, of who's playing, I mean, it sometimes grind our teeth when it's when it's opposition rival teams. Um, but you still got to appreciate such good football. I mean, we fell in love with the game before we fell in love with with clubs, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that'll never change. And I, I mean, the best thing you can always hope for, apart from Man United teams, is everybody to play well and get some better football games out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that that's basically it. There's no Monday night football this week, is there? Unfortunately, no, because there's a full round of games Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh yeah, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, I, I haven't looked at the fixtures. Um, but I think the extra time guys will cover them, so uh, we'll worry about it then. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, that's that's it from us then, uh, gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, uh, Dave. I'll let you pimp your socials. Uh, so Twitter is uh, at cm9798 and uh, the website's just cm9798.co.uk. Excellent. Ali, pimp your socials please, sir. Uh, just Ali Thompson 84 on Twitter for all my Liverpool and wrestling ramblings. Excellent. You can find the show at Man on the Post on Twitter, at Man on the Post on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Tinder, uh, Grinder, all that kind of things. Uh, you can find me, you can find me with my very nineties uh, handle of XIX Blue Wolf XIX. Um, I'll mainly just be uh, spouting how much I love Lucas Torreira for about the next seven days. Um, and yeah, that, that's it. Anything to more to add from you, from you, gentlemen? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, covered it all for me. Excellent. Again, thank you very much for joining me. And that, that's, that's us done for another week. Always remember to leave your man on the post. something to edit at the beginning anyway so. <laughs> right so let's do this oh I haven't decided what order I'm going to go in um, to be fair 
my notes for most of the games are minimal. But then I have two sides of A4 paper about the Arsenal game. <laughs> I have literally... No bias here se- whatsoever. None at all. <laughs> and I have se- seven words for the Liverpool game. Is, is, is it just the word... What the it? hell is Jock Pickford doing? <laughs> One of them is just Origi. I forgot he played for us. I said that was when he came on as a sub. I was thinking, what? I thought he was on loan. <laughs> right, so, okay. Let's... let's uh... Okay, right, I think I've got my order sorted. Right, let's do this at least. I've forgotten how to intro the podcast as ever. <clears throat> okay.